Thanks as always for having me on, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude, proud Broncos fan since 1984. So today, before I get started, I wanted to thank those of you who followed me on Twitter this past week. And a special shout out to Matthew B. Thank you for the kind words. And also a, a congratulations to Kevin and Broncos and Bratwurst podcast. Um, top 10 at all of SB Nation a couple weeks ago in the lead up to the Hall of Fame game. So kudos to you, Kevin, and a big thank you to all of our followers. So today, I, I thought I'd share a few reflections on last Thursday's preseason game against Seattle. Definitely a nice game for the first team. Joe Flacco was decent. Royce Freeman busted the 50-yard run early, and the defense was dominant. I think only 33 yards of offense at, at one point um, into the second quarter. Obviously, the Broncos eventually lost the game in the second half, but as meaningless as preseason games are, second halves of preseason games are like double meaningless, played mostly by guys who are, will be selling insurance by early September. I think the highlights were pretty much what we expected going in. Drew Locke looked much better and more confident in his second game out. This has to be big news for John Elway, who's probably a step closer to seeing his Plan A quarterback rotation of Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, and Brett Rippon come to fruition. Really, Locke just needs to show enough development and maturity to convince Fig Fangio and, and Rich Gangarello that if he needs him, if they need him to fill in for Flacco, a Flacco injury for three or four weeks, that Locke is going to give you a fighting chance to win a couple of those games. And Locke may not be there yet, but he certainly seems to be on the right path. On defense, Justin Hollins is an absolute physical freak, an amazing combination of size and speed, and really could play a meaningful role with this defense as soon as this year. And undrafted rookie Malik Reed popped again with another sack. John Elway appears to have found another stud undrafted rookie free agent on defense to replace the stud undrafted rookie free agent Shaq Barrett, who left for greener pastures in Tampa Bay this offseason. But the story of the night, I thought, was Paxton Lynch. Paxton actually ended up as the Seahawks' leading passer and rusher, at least up until the last minute or two, going 11 for 15 for 109 yards and a touchdown, as well as four carries for 38 yards and a very impressive touchdown run as well. Now let's be real about something here first. Paxton Lynch owning a bunch of third stringers in the preseason is really nothing new. In his final preseason game against Arizona last year, he went 14 for 15 for 128 yards and two touchdowns. So I wouldn't read too much into him owning the Broncos' third-string defense. His particular toolbox works extremely well in preseason games against lesser defensive talent. But Paxton's performance last Thursday got me to reflecting on what absolute hot garbage the Broncos had in terms of their offensive coordinators during the ill-fated Paxton Lynch era, and in fact, dating all the way back to probably Adam Gase. Paxton Lynch himself, he, he was drafted along with Trevor Simeon in 2016. If you remember that year, Gary Kubak was still the head coach, and perpetual dead weight Rick Dennison was his offensive coordinator. And if you remember, Kubes was still calling plays and running a bloated, overly complicated version of the old Mike Shanahan offense, and he had really gone stale as an offensive mastermind, even with Peyton Manning as his quarterback. So Coobs moved upstairs after 2016, and Elway brought in Vance Joseph and Mike McCoy. 
And McCoy had a bit of a resume to his credit, having architected the miracle Tim Tebow run of 2011 in Denver, and also having helped to resurrect Philip Rivers' career in San Diego. But McCoy was another guy who just seemed to have lost his spark by the time he got to Denver. His offense was bland, creative, and uninspired. And yeah, Lynch and Simeon were probably not the guys to bring it to life, but McCoy was pretty well another failed offensive coordinator. After he was fired in Denver, in fact, he popped up again in Arizona. And I don't know if you remember this, but he ended up getting fired there as well after the famous Von Miller, we're going to kick their asses game. Okay, so following McCoy then was Bill Musgrave, another old John Elway crony. You see the, the trend here. Who, outside of a short wind, a success window with Derek Carr in Oakland, had no real success at, 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 on his resume as an offensive coordinator. So Paxton Lynch was in Denver for three years, under or part of three years, under three different offensive coordinators, and arguably all three of them sucked. So I have to ask the question, what if the problem with Paxton Lynch was not Paxton Lynch, but was in fact John Elway? What if John Elway drafted the right guy, as perhaps it will turn out over the long haul, but failed to surround him with the right coaching talent? I mean... Is Paxton Lynch really a lesser quarterback than Nick Mullins, who Rick Scangarello made look like a serviceable NFL quarterback in San Francisco last year? Uh, maybe Paxton was right. Maybe he just needed a change of scenery, and maybe he'll blossom up in Seattle or somewhere else and eventually become an NFL starting quarterback. It makes you wonder how Paxton would have done here with the right offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. For my part, I know I bear no ill will towards Paxton Lynch at all. What well, Was he a guy who reportedly doesn't have the work ethic of an NFL starting quarterback? Yeah, that's definitely a story. But what if Paxton's video game obsession is more urban myth than reality, and he'd have done better here with a quarterback's coach who just kicked his butt more? There's no doubt Paxton didn't progress as a quarterback in his two-plus years in Denver, but he didn't do anything to deserve becoming public enemy number one here either. He didn't flip off the crowd on his way out. He didn't publicly call out the Broncos organization for not developing well or anything like that. Things just didn't work out. Personally, I really wish Paxton Lynch nothing but the best in his future endeavors. Short of an injury to Russell Wilson, he's not going anywhere in Seattle. I tend to think Paxton's best opportunity is probably in Tampa Bay, where I'm foreseeing Krabby Pants' Jamius Winston flaming out with new head coach Bruce Arians. Who's to say that Paxton might not be able to he might not be able to be a success somewhere like Tampa Bay. I mean if nothing else, they could take a picture of him with a knife in his mouth and use him to update their logo, right? But but I think it's gonna be very, very interesting to see how the next few years play out for Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon and Case Keenum and Chad Kelly. Maybe we had things better than we realized at the quarterback position and we're putting all of our blame for our offensive woes on the wrong shoulders. Maybe what we needed was some time and patience, and most importantly, some competent coaches on offense. Time will tell. Kevin, back to you.